So welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA as well as the editor-in-chief for DrByCuspid.com. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. And uh, we always are glad to also have as a part of these podcasts our good friend, regular contributor, and dentals pharmacology expert, and that would be Tom Viola. Tom, good morning. How are you, buddy? Good morning, Kevin. How are you doing, my friend? It's always a pleasure to be on a podcast with you, and I enjoy these so much, and I really enjoy reaching out to all of the audience uh, whenever I get a chance to talk about new topics or sometimes not so new topics that are new again. Uh, I, I have always uh, enjoy it, so this is no uh, different than usual, and I'm just real privileged and proud to be here. Well, it sounds like that you just led me into it's it's a an, an old topic that's new again, and and certainly I know there's some things out there that you would really want to make sure that not only our assistants here, but the, all those other fine folks that work in the practice with them, and that is anticoagulants and some things that you have read, as well as some reminders that you want to throw out there about them. Absolutely, you know, uh, it's really weird because especially um, practitioners that are in my age group. Uh, remember just one. We always had just one anticoagulant. It was Coumadin, basically, you know, Coumadin, Warfarin. And uh, it, it was that anticoagulant that you ended up on when you had issues that wouldn't be uh, easily maintained by other agents like Plavix and, 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 and a baby aspirin, as we used to call them. You know, now we call them low-dose adult aspirin. Uh, you know, so I always looked at those folks as, you know, requiring the most anticoagulant activity because they were at the greatest risk for thrombosis, the greatest risk for clots. And then like a storm, uh, you know, starting maybe about 10 years ago, but uh, gaining uh, momentum over the course of the last uh, 10 years has been uh, the the flurry of new anticoagulants that are available on the market. And again, it's an old topic if you want to look at it that way. But what's new about it is all of the, uh, the new exposure that these meds are getting regarding patients uh, who have uh, COVID-19 and how using these anticoagulants actually is increasing uh, the positive outcomes for patients who are infected with COVID-19 and dealing with the symptoms. So I, I'm curious because we have for years very limited choices whenever it comes to this. Why, why all of a sudden did it blow up and all of a sudden there are now more choices? I'm just curious. That's a great question because a lot of people had that same question. What was the need for another anticoagulant when Coumadin seemed to match our needs for everyone? It was sort of like one size fits all. But that was the mystique of Coumadin. It really wasn't a one size fits all. You know, um, uh, I would say that the greatest thing that that Coumadin slash Warfarin had going for it was that you could adjust the dose and titrate the dose. The thing that worked against it was that you had to have that that INR, that blood work done every, you know, two weeks really was, was the bare minimum. Most, many recommendations said once a week. So imagine having to schedule your life around a once a week visit to LabCorp or Quest or one of those other places. And you get the idea that, man, that's, that's definitely a problem for my lifestyle. I don't know if I can make that happen every time. So people didn't go. And then practitioners like us who need that sort of information to determine whether or not it's safe to work on the patient, you know, ended up having to have the patient leave and get their INR drawn that day or run the risk of working on the patient without that INR. Well, lo and behold, all of the newer anticoagulants from um, Pradoxa, which was the first on Zarelto and Eliquis, uh, don't require that INR testing. So that was a huge reason for why they became available. But 
Also, it has to do with inertia. And I use that word because I don't have a better word for it. I, I look at it as a, a locomotive, you know, it takes a lot of effort to get a locomotive going. It takes a lot of effort to make it stop. And uh, that was the way it was with Coumadin. You know, you'd start it, but if you needed to stop it, especially for a dental procedure, if you needed to, okay, stop taking the Coumadin because we don't want to run a risk of a bleed during the procedure, the patient had to stop days before, and that left them at risk for thrombosis. The newer anticoagulants don't have as much inertia, so they can start and stop, relatively speaking, more quickly, and therefore they're, they're actually considered preferred now. And, and I want to touch on something that you mentioned right before I asked you that previous question, and that's about the, the COVID-19 link. And, and I want to make sure that that doesn't get lost in, in that little switch I just threw at you. What, 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 again, explain the COVID-19 coagulant link that you're talking about here, or the anticoagulant, I should say. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we all know that uh, COVID-19 is a many-faceted um, problem for patients who are infected and dealing uh, with the symptoms. And one of those symptoms is thrombosis. Uh, so uh, when when a patient is intubated, as some uh, COVID-19 patients are, um, they do run that risk of thrombosis, usually pulmonary embolism, although it could happen in other places in the body. And so that was a real concern. You know, we'd get them in the hospital, we'd get them treated, we'd intubate them, get them breathing, and then, God forbid, they would die of, you know, a thrombosis. So, okay, use anticoagulants. Well, lucky for us, anticoagulants uh, for patients that are hospitalized with COVID-19 have been associated with a lower risk of death uh, or, or intubation uh, in, any, in several observational studies right now, especially coming from New York where the pandemic was at its peak. So the good news is we can avoid intubating. And the better news is if we do have to intubate, we don't run the risk of, of thrombosis. So it's a, it's a win-win. Um, as a matter of fact, it's a rel- I think they said it's, a, if I'm not mistaken, it's 50% lower risk. Um, so that, that definitely means uh, good go- outcomes for our patients. Tom, I know you lecture all over the country, even with the pandemic. I know that that has changed and you're not doing it virtually so much. Uh, what's, what's the biggest message that you have for dental practices whenever it comes to anticoagulants? So understanding that, that first of all, you know, but, but, but unlikely, I believe, to see in practice a patient who's on these medications because they have COVID-19 for obvious reasons. Uh, but that doesn't mean that these medications, although they sound safer than Coumadin, are any safer. Uh, the thing, the things to keep in mind, the ta- takeaway points are simply vitamin, Coumadin was a vitamin K antagonist. If you wanted to shut off the Coumadin effect, if you were suffering from an exaggerated effect from Coumadin, you could quite easily turn it off, so to speak, with a, additional supplementation of vitamin K. The newer anticoagulants are not vitamin K uh, antagonists. So you need specific and uh, reversal agents. Uh, and each one has one, uh, and they're costly. And not every uh, urgent care center carries all of them. So, yes, that's definitely a risk. Well, but the relative risk of a bleed from these new anticoagulants versus Coumadin doesn't seem to be any greater than Coumadin. And so the need for that reversal agent isn't as pronounced as it might sound. So that's the good news for us. The, the, if I had to walk away with just one takeaway... Obviously, you know this by now, Kevin. I've said it a million times. I'm sure your your audience is probably saying, "Don't say it again." Well, here it comes. I'm going to say it again. 
take an, a complete and accurate medical history. Don't be afraid to ask if a patient's taking an, uh, an anticoagulant and uh, don't be afraid to ask them, you know, do, do you bleed easily? You know, do you bleed when you cut yourself shaving? Do you bleed when you sneeze? Do you, you know, do you bleed when you uh, injure yourself? Because those are things we need to know during uh, our procedures um, because bleeding is something that's always a problem for us. You know, and, and it's funny because that was going to be the next question I asked you is about the medical intake and, and the questions to be asking patients. But you're exactly right. We've talked about that on numerous podcasts, but yet it is such a vital part of our changing landscape, not only of COVID, but also just, you know, your patients change and, and they don't think about telling you so often unless you ask the question and then dive in a little bit deeper with some follow-ups perhaps. And the other uh, big thing I've always said about anticoagulants that doesn't always come up in conversation like this one, but should be mentioned is not everyone takes anticoagulants because they have had a stroke or a heart attack or some other question that might be standard on a medical history intake. Uh, They're also prescribed for atrial fibrillation, which for many people is asymptomatic. So it's important to remember to ask that question as well, because as you know, we, we use pro-arrhythmic drugs in dentistry. We, we use drugs that can cause arrhythmias like local anesthetics and epinephrine. So therefore, yeah, it's even more important for us that, that, that these drugs become a buzzword for us when we take taking medical histories. Well, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, Tom, I know that there's so much that we could dive into on this. And I know that you, uh, you know, as always, you keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on around out there. And I want to make sure people know how to find out more information about you. And if they heard something on this podcast that they've got a question about, how they can reach you. Absolutely, my friend. It's always a pleasure to hear from everybody out there. So you can find me at uh, my website. It's TomViola.com. Uh, you can reach me uh, via email at Tom at TomViola.com. And uh, sign up for my newsletter or take some courses uh, for continuing education credits. Love to have you there. You can take many time on demand. Also, uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram at uh, Pharmacology Declassified. So uh, by all means, looking forward to hearing from everybody. Yeah, and and I will tell you, I love just uh, when Tom and I are talking on podcasts or, or texting or whatever it might be, I check out his Facebook page, what's going on. I also try to look at uh, the articles that you've written. Uh, not only currently, but in the past for Dr. Mark Husband, uh, which I certainly appreciate that. And I know our readers do as well. So, Tom, as always, great information and great talking to you. And uh, here's to a, a strong rest of the year, both health-wise uh, and success-wise for you, my friend. Same for you, my friend. Let's let's get 2020 behind us. Let's move on to bigger and better. I, I can't wait. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of us that are going to throw a big party on December 31st. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. So. Uh, uh, of course, socially distant party. You know, let's be really clear to say that. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks to Tom for joining us as always. Thanks to all of you for listening. If you liked what you heard, hey, we love feedback. We love little uh, ratings. We love little hearts. Whatever you want to give us, you know, we, we appreciate that. We're going to try to bring you great information from dentistry's experts like Tom. And as always, if there's something that you want to reach out, something you want us to cover, you can always connect with me through the Ignite DA Facebook page or through drbycuthbud.com. And with that, Kevin Henry signing off, wishing you health and success in the days ahead. Together, we rise.